Scaling the Summit, which is a podcast developed by UN Global Pulse and the UN Innovation Network. Now, the podcast is trying to explore essential elements around scaling innovations in the development and humanitarian context. It draws on relevant innovation research and shares experience from a wide range of practitioners. Ultimately, we hope to give insight into what it takes to move from an idea to a fully scaled solution within the UN system. Now, in this episode, we're going to take the helicopter up high and take an overview of the journey to scale. We'll try and shed light on some of the most common obstacles that innovation teams encounter when they're trying to scale their innovations, and we'll unveil some key strategies that can inspire and guide you on your scaling journey. Now, a good idea will sell itself, right? Unfortunately not. The great writer Ralph Waldo Emerson was spectacularly wrong when he suggested that all you needed to do was build that better mousetrap to have the world beating a path to your door. History is full of examples of innovation that, whilst being good and proven solutions, more than just a gleam in their inventor's eye, still stubbornly refused to scale. And although they eventually found their way through to having an impact on a widespread basis, it wasn't always an easy ride. Think about Earl Tupper and his alchemical miracle, creating a beautiful product, Tupperware, which even won an award for its design. He somehow took unpromising raw material, the thick black sludgy waste from oil refining, and made it into bright, colourful food containers. But his product most certainly didn't sell itself. It stagnated in the market, until a woman called Brownie Wise teamed up with him and pioneered the social marketing which brought the product into the homes of key influences. Or Mr. Otto Rohrvedder. Who? Well, we often talk about an innovation being the best thing since sliced bread. Well, he was the innovator who gave us sliced bread. And his journey, like Earl Tupper's, wasn't a simple one. As a gifted inventor, he developed a machine for producing sliced bread. But its journey from idea to innovation was a long and arduous one. (laughs) Along the way, his factory burnt down and he nearly went bankrupt. But after 10 years, he was able to patent and launch his great idea, only to see it arrive with much more of a whimper than a bang. The bakers to whom he tried to sell it were underwhelmed. They thought the machine was too complex for everyday production. It was bulky, took up precious space, and they weren't convinced of the need anyway. Teetering once again on the edge of bankruptcy, he persuaded a local baker, Frank Bench, to invest and install the first machine. And on July the 7th, 1928, the first loaf of commercially sliced bread was produced by the Chillicote Baking Company of Missouri and sold under the brand name Clean Made. While bakers had been sceptical of the benefits, local families in the Midwest were much more enthusiastic. Within two weeks, bread sales from the bakery had increased by 2,000%. The idea quickly took off across the country, and two years later, the New York-based Continental Baking Company began using Rohrvedder's machines to build an entire business around sliced bread. By 1933, almost every bakery in the U.S. had a slicing machine, 
and 80% of the bread produced in America was sliced. Now, scaling takes time and it takes systems thinking. It's more than just a single innovation brought to life, proving the concept and meeting the needs of a pilot set of users. Take the vision of Dr. Govindapa Venkataswamy back in India in 1976. Having spent a lifetime working as an eye surgeon in the Madurai hospitals, he retired, planning to devote the rest of his life to bringing sight-saving eye care to the poorest people in his native state of Tamil Nadu. The innovation at the core of his thinking was an alternative way of carrying out cataract surgery procedures, not by inventing sophisticated new techniques, but by rethinking the process. Much like Henry Ford, he reimagined the entire system, drawing inspiration along the way from sources widely distant from healthcare, such as fast food hamburger restaurants. His ideas began to take shape, and he was able to reduce the costs of operations and their aftercare by 90% without compromising patient safety. Fifty years later, and this innovation's had enormous impact. Over 15 million people can see who would otherwise have gone blind, and the approach has been adapted to a wide range of elective surgical procedures, diffusing right round the world. On the way, the original innovations around the surgery itself have spread into now what's called the Aravind Eye Care System, embracing education, preventive care, diversifying into artificial lens manufacturing, and replicating the core hospital concept across multiple sites. It's been a long, but ultimately successful, journey to scale. So, scaling innovation is much more than coming up with a proven and tested solution to a problem. It's about finding ways to negotiate the many different rocks and potholes which are strewn in the way of those trying to make the journey to scale. It's hard enough in the commercial world when the main challenge is getting enough people to buy into a solution, growing the market. But in the field of social innovation, what a report from Stanford University describes as the process of developing and deploying effective solutions to challenging and often systemic social and environmental issues. For social innovation, scaling is even more complicated. Changing the world by tackling some of the urgent problems which we face requires both innovative solutions and the ability to find a suitable pathway to scale and being able to assemble a system, bringing in different players to create value at scale. And we urgently need our innovations to have this kind of impact. There are plenty of challenges out there. In 2015, the world adopted the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals for 2030. We're halfway there and we're significantly off track in that journey. It's not a shortage of innovations which challenges us, but how we scale them to have real and lasting impact. And this is a challenge which the UN shares with many other actors working in the social innovation space. There's concern about perpetual pilots, a question of whether innovations in this space are too tough to scale, and a suggestion that successful scaling comes against the odds all of which points to an urgent need to understand and learn how to move innovations to scale and be able to repeat that trick. We're also interested in how we might scale them faster. 
Think about the innovation of cash programming, which today is one of the power tools in the humanitarian and development toolbox. The idea seems simple enough. Instead of struggling to put in place complex distribution and delivery systems to provide key elements of aid, such as food, why not give people the money to access the resources themselves? Now, of course, there are problems to be solved on the way to doing this, not least to ensure security and avoid corruption. But the approach has worked, and cash programming is now in widespread use. But from a scaling point of view, it raises a big question. It took 30 years from the initial pilot innovation to reach such scale. In a context where aid is urgently needed, isn't there a way to accelerate this process? That's what this podcast series is all about. Trying to draw together the rich variety of insight and experience and pull in the extensive research which has been done on the question to help us all think about and manage our journey to scale more effectively. In this first podcast, we're going to take an overview of the scaling challenge. What it is, where are the key questions, and what have we learned so far about dealing with them? In future episodes, we'll be diving deeper into some of those questions. But for now, let's climb aboard the helicopter and take an overview of the journey. Now, to state the obvious, innovation isn't about light bulb moments. Unlike the cartoon pictures, which suggest there's nothing to it, innovation actually is about an extended journey, moving from an idea to something which creates value. That early journey is full of twists and turns, roadblocks and one-way streets, which require detours. But at least there's a pattern to it, which by now is well understood. It involves considerable iteration and pivoting, but eventually a solution emerges which can be launched and piloted. Trouble is that scaling that solution beyond the pilot stage doesn't happen automatically. If we take the metaphor of trying to reach the summit of Mount Impact, where our innovation really makes a difference, then the front-end stages of creating and piloting a solution are just wandering around in the foothills. We've still got a lot of hard work to do to complete the journey, and the going gets tough from here on in. Scaling an innovation isn't just a matter of spreading a solution to a wider market. It involves adapting and extending it to suit different contexts. It needs additional skills and capabilities within the innovating team. It needs resources to open up new delivery pathways, and it needs to assemble a network of complementary assets, answering the question of who else and what else do we need to bring this innovation to scale. So we urgently need a map of that journey up the mountain. Which is why UN Global Pulse, the Secretary-General's Innovation Lab, conducted extensive research last year across the UN system and beyond to identify insights into how best to scale innovations. The result was the Scaling the Summit research report, which highlights the challenges of scaling innovation and looks at how to support teams through that process. And the analysis of innovations on that scaling journey suggests a number of key pain points, problem sites, which provide a focus for thinking about how to support the process. Typical roadblocks on the journey are things like scale readiness, 
Now, innovations might be viable solutions to local or specific problems, but they may not necessarily be inherently scalable. And then we need to think about the core innovation team. The team which develops the innovation through the startup to the launch isn't always appropriate for the next stages, both in terms of their mix of skills and their motivation and personal aspirations. And while there might be a business model in place, there may be a lack of a scaling vision and the strategy to achieve that. After all, as we've said, scaling takes time and needs a strategic framework. There's a lack of sufficient funding to support the investment of time and resources needed to move to scale. Or the funding which is available is inflexible, can only be used for specific pre-planned purposes. But scaling innovation involves considerable uncertainty and requires flexibility in funding to deal with the agile process of learning by prototyping and pivoting, co-evolving towards a stable, scaled solution. And there's often a failure to move beyond the early adopters to influence the majority of potential adopters in a marketplace of users. This isn't simply a marketing challenge. Successful scaling requires us to take into account multiple factors, including the perceived characteristics of the innovation, the characteristics of those adopting it, their perceptions of the innovators introducing it, and the overall context in which all of this takes place. And failure at this stage to create and sustain a performing network of complementary actors, if you like, building an ecosystem to support scale is another key issue. Key skills which might be missing are often those around finding, forming and performing, identifying the relevant partners needed as complementary players, building working relationships with them and aligning all the players in the network into a performing ecosystem. So recognition of these difficulties in moving beyond pilots to fully scaled solutions which deliver impact has led to extensive exploration of the ways in which the journey might be better supported. What can be done across the UN system to help innovating teams undertake the scale exhibition? Well, that challenge is twofold. It's all about how to find specific interventions which can deal with the pain points on the journey, but it's also about how to create a structured vehicle for repeating the trick, supporting multiple cohorts of innovators through their journey to scale and integrating these specific interventions. The good news in terms of the first part of that challenge, developing specific support for pain points, is that there's a lot of experience in supporting teams working with their journey to scale. The Scaling the Summit report identifies many parts of the UN system where there is help available to deal with these key roadblocks. And things that are available include support for developing the scale strategy, challenging and refining business models, planning a long-term staged approach to scale. Tools and techniques for assessing scale readiness, reviewing what's been achieved and stress testing the solution to see if it can be scaled and if it has the legs to complete the journey. Designing and delivering a variety of specific targeted inputs around key questions like marketing and intellectual property management. Supporting team development to ensure the right mix of skills and effective team dynamics. 
exploring the different needs for mentorship to teams, including how to deliver this at different stages along the scaling journey and the different modalities of engaging and matching mentors to teams. Providing flexible funding, which allows for experimentation and pivoting within a stage of the scale journey and linked to criteria which allow progression to the next stage and consequent release of funding. This doesn't mean a lack of control, but it does imply exploring alternative ways of monitoring while giving autonomy to innovating teams. And how to support innovating teams as they carry out the complex task of assembling and operating a network of partners to create a viable ecosystem to scale their innovation. This involves support at the finding stage, things like signposting, brokering, endorsing and other assistance, as well as helping facilitate the formation of effective working relationships and enabling handover to operators once the innovation has scaled. And in the case of scaling within the UN system, a key role is needed to enable interaction and compliance with internal procedures for things like procurement or legal regulations. And we're seeing the implementation of more appropriate metrics for monitoring and evaluation, making them more appropriate to the particular challenges of scaling innovation. Well, we're going to be exploring a number of these in more detail in subsequent episodes of this podcast. In terms of the second challenge, how do we provide a systemic focus for repeating the trick of supporting promising innovations to scale? Again, there's good news. There's growing experience of structuring vehicles and support into a process for scaling innovation. And it's distributed across the UN system with valuable lessons being learned, for example, in the World Food Programme, UNICEF and the UNDP. These mechanisms might have different labels, accelerator, catapult, lab, but they share the identity of being structured environments in which support can be delivered and contextualized for different innovation teams. Their value is in creating innovation routines, behavior patterns which work as experiments, but which can be systematically embedded in processes, policies and structures. Now, it's clear that there's plenty of room for further exploration of how we create such supportive environments and develop mechanisms like flexible and phased funding or stage gate models or other things to help teams scale innovation solutions successfully. Which nicely sets up the future focus of further episodes of this podcast. We'll be drawing on the insight and experience of many different players from the humanitarian and development world to help clarify the challenges and share insights and experience around these themes. And in our next episode, we're going to pick up on the question of mentoring. How can critical friends help innovation teams think through their scaling strategies? And how can they support the development and learning within the team? And how can they operate as guides, partners on the long journey to scale? We'll be joined by Ian Gray, Clara van Prague and Christina Russell, who between them bring a wealth of experience as both mentors and mentees. So listen out for that. And meanwhile, thanks for listening. I'm John Besant, consultant with the UN Global Pulse, and I'll be your host for that and future episodes of the Scaling the Summit podcast. Mm-hmm.